Our meditation for this second Sunday in Lent is on our Gospel reading. Hear the word of our Lord from Matthew, the 15th chapter, beginning in the 21st verse. And Jesus went away from there, and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. But he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and begged him, saying, Send her away, for she is crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. He answered, It is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. She said, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. This is the Gospel of our Lord. God be praised for his glad tidings. Now grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Our Lord Jesus goes to Tyre and Sidon. The only event that St. Matthew and St. Mark record happening during that travel was this meeting with the Canaanite woman. He arrives at Tyre and Sidon, meets the woman, exercises the demon from her daughter, then goes eastward to the Sea of Galilee. That's it. That is all we know about his sojourn through the area. Thus I am led to believe that our Savior went to Tyre and Sidon in order to meet this woman and exercise the demon from her daughter, thus teaching the disciples an important lesson. What lesson might that be? The Canaanite woman belonged to a special group of people. I do not mean special in a good way. St. Mark writes that she was a Greek, Syrophoenician by birth, meaning that she was a Gentile born in Syrian Phoenicia, the word Greek oftentimes being a catch-all term for non-Jews. Yet St. Matthew gives us her true lineage. She may have been Syrophoenician by virtue of being born there, but her bloodline was from the Canaanites. She belonged to a cursed people, one with a long history of enmity against God's assembly. There is the former region of Canaan, the southern region of the Levant where the land of Israel may be found. Then there are the Canaanites, a native group of people there which found themselves living among other ethnic groups during the late Bronze Age. These included the Hittites, Amorites, Jebusites, Hivites, among others. The distinctions among these groups does not matter, though. God commanded Israel to kill all of them, leaving not a single person alive, because they were exceedingly wicked. The woman in our reading today only exists because Israel did not finish the job that God gave them. If they had obeyed, then she never would have been born. 
The Canaanite woman must have known this. She refers to our Lord as the son of David, meaning that she knew that Jesus was from the lineage of Judah. Christ tests her with his harsh words, but she knew that she deserved no better. She, an accursed Canaanite, knew that the only one who could exorcise the demon from her daughter was the Hebrew Messiah. She knew that by the law of Moses, or even just by the historical animosity between the Jews and the Canaanites, it was unlikely she would receive anything else from Jesus than condemnation. It is this reason, for this reason, that she asked for mercy. She does not expect fairness. She does not expect to be treated kindly. She does not expect our Lord to be nice. She is correct. Jesus is not nice, beloved. She may not have known it, but she spoke to Jesus Christ, who happens to be the very same God that gave Israel the order to exterminate the Canaanites. He is the same Messiah that shall one day return to earth to send all of his enemies to the lake of fire to burn forever. In this moment, the Canaanite woman understood that she was not to ask for niceness and sweet words. She, like all of us sinners, was at his mercy, and that is what she asked for. We would do well to learn from her. There are too many Christians today that believe Jesus is a soft-spoken, limp-wristed, wet-noodle hippie, the kind of guy that never once says anything to offend. Whenever he does say something harsh, oh, the assumption is uh, Jesus was just mean to mean people, so it's okay when that happens. But they reason to themselves that he would never say mean things to nice guys or women or children. Yet Christ calls this Canaanite woman a dog and says he was not sent to such unworthy people. He reserves the right to speak this way. He is our judge. We are not his judges. If he calls us worthless and accursed, if he calls us filthy dogs, then he is right to say so. The harsh words our Lord has for the Canaanite woman were clearly a form of testing, though. Yes, he was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel first. Later, after the atonement, all races would be able to receive the gospel. Yes, this woman, on account of her lineage and the former commands, is little more than a dog compared to an Israelite in that moment. After the resurrection... All who are baptized have the image of God restored in them and are made part of the new Israel, the true Israel, the church. He spoke these harsh words to her without mentioning the new thing that he was going to accomplish, that he may test her faith. Despite not knowing this, her faith remains, and so he grants her request. O oh, woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. Imagine how different 
the conversation would have gone if she had argued with him. If she had become indignant and boasted of her great charitable deeds, or if she had said those words which no sinner may utter, I am a good person, then nothing good would have happened. If she had argued and huffed and puffed, then she would have shown that she had no faith, and thus she would not have received mercy. Christ came to earth for the sake of mercy to pay a penalty that we could not pay. Without faith we cannot receive mercy, and without mercy we cannot receive grace. Our Lord makes this very clear throughout Scripture. He compliments her faith, rejoicing in it, and gives her the mercy she asks, that she and her daughter may not be treated as they deserved on account of being sinful Gentile Canaanites but instead that they may receive grace. The same applies to us. Whenever we mess up and sin, we ought not let our unworthiness prevent us from going to our Lord Jesus. Perhaps the word condemns our sins, and perhaps it does so harshly, but we must hold on. Maybe our conscience beats us over the head, screaming, How dare you! into our brains until we are dizzy with anxiety. But our Savior wants us to trust that he shall give mercy to us, if only we shall hold to him and not let go. We bow before him without justifying ourselves, rationalizing our sins, or feeling even the slightest hint of carnal security, and he in turn says, Great is your faith, be it done for you as you desire. For it was by his blood that this mercy was won for us, and he earnestly desires to grant it to us. May we receive, as the Canaanite woman, in faith, and may we rejoice in his restoration. Now the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.